Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll talk about the potato wart situation in Prince Edward Island. And up first in today's country comment, the Canadian Cattlemen's Association will comment on Canada's free trade negotiations with the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association is pleased to see the Government of Canada's announcement to proceed with free trade negotiations with the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. Doug Sawyer is co-chair of the Foreign Trade Committee. I think it's important and it, and we're, we're quite excited about it. You know, when you, when you take a look, some background information is the Canadian cattle producers receive about $775 added value because we can export each cut to the most valuable market. And so as we add these export markets to our portfolio, we can increase that, that, that value. And, uh, you know, for us, I'm, I'm a cow-calf producer. It's, it's a big deal. That's, that's a lot of money. And so, you know, I think as we look forward, you know, countries like, as you've seen in the press release of, you know, Philippines, you know, moving from 5.2 million to last year to 11.2 million this year, that's huge. That's, that's big dollars for us right here on the ranch, right? And so I think it's pretty, pretty valuable. And, some of the countries that aren't currently engaging with us, sort of like, like, like Thailand, for an example, they've got a 50% tariff on beef. And, um, you know, if we can lower that down to much less or zero over time, that's a market we can move into and we can capitalize on. One of the success uh, stories here that was mentioned, um, Vietnam, which is covered by the uh, the CPTPP. Give some examples of how that country has uh, benefited from this deal. Well, I think, you know, I, I think not only that the Vietnam consumer benefits because they can get our product more readily available and cheaper. And we benefit because we can move product in there at a high value dollar. So... You know, that's just going to add to that uh, $775 that the Canadian cattle producers take out of each animal on export markets. So it's a, it's a win-win. When these, when these countries get into these deals and are able to lower their, their tariffs, they bring really high-quality protein into their consumers' diet. And... Um, you know, if we can move it in there with less tariff, the product becomes cheaper. It's a win-win. It's a win-win for everyone. That was Doug Sawyer, co-chair of the Foreign Trade Committee with the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Canada has announced measures to prevent the spread of potato wart from Prince Edward Island. Last month, the CFIA confirmed the presence of potato wart on two different PEI farms. Potato wart was first detected in PEI back in 2000. Earlier this month, the movement of seed potatoes from PEI to the U.S. was suspended. Here's Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. 
The United States also expressed serious concerns to Canada over the recent detections of potato wars in Prince Edward Island. They made it clear that the U.S. would have imposed a federal order banning imports of all fresh PEI potatoes if Canada did not act first to suspend trade. We believe in the science, which tells us that the U.S. intention to suspend the trade of fresh potatoes from PEI goes beyond what is necessary to mitigate risk. The suspension does not apply to processed potatoes, such as frozen products. Potato wart poses no threat to human health or food safety, but is known to decrease yield on farms. And Manitoba Canola Growers is seeking members to stand for election to the Board of Directors. Jack Fraze is one of the current directors. This year again, we are, are uh, having the election with uh, four uh, positions open for uh, filling. There will be at least uh, two new directors as uh, there are two uh, spots that are not being filled at the present time. Uh, one, uh, one of our members is retiring, and there's one of the seats is open. These are four-year terms, and uh, nominations uh, can be found in, in digital or print form, format on our website at canoagrowers.com. The deadline for nomination is November 30th. Once the nominations are in and if there's an election, the ballots will be hitting the mailboxes in the middle of December. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, November 23rd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll talk about the potato wart situation in Prince Edward Island. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo held a news conference yesterday to address the potato wart situation in Prince Edward Island. Here's a bit of what she had to say. Last month, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency confirmed the presence of potato wart on two farms in Prince Edward Island. Potato wart is a kind of fungus that reduces the yield of a crop but poses no risk to human health. It was first detected on Prince Edward Island in 2000, and an extensive program has been implemented to prevent its spread. It has now been found a total of 33 times. On the order, gives CFI the time to continue to collaborate with the provincial government and the potato industry to explore solutions based on scientific evidence while protecting other provinces as well as our trading partners. This order also specifies the phytosanitary measures that are needed so that the table stock potatoes, processing potatoes, and other agricultural products can continue to be moved safely across Canada and abroad. With this order, we are taking a responsible approach that is based in science. It will provide the protection our industry needs through this difficult time. I have also asked the CFIA to redouble the agency's efforts to work alongside provincial and industry partners on all possible options to contain and control potato wars on the island. Despite these actions, however, the United States also expressed serious concerns to Canada over the recent detections of potato wars in Prince Edward Island. They made it clear that the U.S would have imposed a federal order banning imports of all fresh PEI potatoes if Canada did not act first to suspend trade. We believe in the science, 
which tells us that the U.S. intention to suspend the trade of fresh potatoes from PEI goes beyond what is necessary to mitigate risk. With the proper mitigation measures, the trade of table stock and processing potatoes remains absolutely safe. But in order to resume trade as quickly as possible and prevent the imposition of more damaging long-term measures, we must engage with the United States regarding their concerns. Therefore, as of today, the CFIA has temporarily suspended trade of fresh potatoes from PEI to the U.S. If we did not take this action voluntarily, the U.S. would have imposed a federal order to the same effect, which would be much more difficult to reverse. We must show the strength of the steps we have taken to manage risk to plant health. Until we can lift these suspensions, only processed PEI potatoes, such as frozen French fries, can be exported to the United States. Potatoes produced in other Canadian provinces are not impacted by these measures. We are determined to stand firm for Canadian interests and restore normal trade as soon as possible. That was Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebel. Also speaking at the news conference was Canada's Acting Chief Plant Health Officer David Bailey. Potato wart is a soil-borne fungus that can remain dormant in a field for more than 40 years. It is extremely persistent, and the only way to control the disease is to prevent the spread into new locations. Although potato wart poses no threat to human health or food safety, it has an impact on the economic return to potato growers by reducing yield and making potatoes unmarketable. In Canada and many other countries, potato wart is a quarantine pest. The CFI is therefore required to put controls in place that reduce the risks of spreading potato wart both domestically and internationally. From a historical perspective, potato wart has, was first detected in PEI in 2000. At that time, the United States put in place restrictions for all fresh PEI potatoes, including seed and table stock, for six months. Work then began on what is currently known as the Potato Wart Domestic Long-Term Management Plan, and finalized in consultation with stakeholders and with agreement from the United States. This plan outlines the mandatory minimum surveys, testing, and surveillance activities required with, with the objective to mitigate the risk of spread of the potato wart um, outside of any restricted areas within um, Prince Edward Island. In 2015, the United States put in place a federal order that outlined specific mitigation measures required for the movement of table stock, bulk, unwashed, and seed potatoes from PEI to the United States. In 2021, the CFI enhanced its national surveillance program with additional soil samples taken in every seed-producing region of Canada. The recent detections of potato wart in PEI, so the most recent ones in October 1 and uh, the 14th of 2021, the CFI Charlottetown Laboratory confirmed the presence of potato wart in two PEI fields on two different farms. These detections show high levels of potato wart and implicate a greater number of associated fields than previous detections. On November 2nd, 2021, the CFI suspended the movement of seed potatoes from PEI to the United States. 
As of November 21st, a ministerial order was put in place restricting the movement of seed potatoes from PEI, both internationally and domestically, and introducing new risk mitigation measures for PEI table stock and processing potatoes. These measures are expected to mitigate the risk of spread of potato wart. They will also allow PEI seed potato farms to operate and grow seed potatoes for use within the province and to maintain the continued movement of table stock and processing potatoes to other provinces. In addition to the measures being put in place under the ministerial order, the CFIA is suspending the certification of fresh PEI potatoes to the United States at their request. This does not apply to processed potatoes, such as frozen products, as the minister mentioned. The United States has committed to ongoing technical discussions with the CFIA and details from the ongoing 2021 potato award investigations will be shared. That was David Bailey, Canada's acting chief plant health officer. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association's Agricultural Excellence Conference is being held virtually November 24th to the 26th. The theme is The Challenge of Change. Register on the MFGA website. Canada's Outdoor Farm Show is hosting an online event December 1st entitled What a Year, a Celebration of Ag Innovation, Ag in Motion. Check it out at OutdoorFarmShow.com. The Farm Forum Learn and Grow event happens virtually this year, December 7th. Visit the Farm Forum website for details. Keystone Agricultural Producers is hosting its annual district meeting December 7th from 6.30 to 8.30. It'll be done virtually. Go to the CAP website for details. And the Canadian Forage and Grassland Association's annual conference is planned for December 14th to the 16th in an online setting. Details at CanadianFGA.ca. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, Canada's Outstanding Young Farmers virtual national event takes place December 2nd to the 3rd. Manitoba's representatives are Andre and Katie Stepler of Stepler Farms in Miami, Manitoba. I caught up with Andre to talk about the event. It's going to be a modified event uh, as a result of the world that we're living in right now, but there's going to be um, competitors all across Canada that will meet in Saskatoon, and we will share a story and, and go for the top honours. What's all involved? Uh, is there a presentation that you need to put together? Yeah, for sure. There's... Uh, um, Quite a lengthy presentation that we do that just highlights our farm and our progression over the last uh, however long the farm has been going. And then uh, there's quite a few consecutive uh, interviews that we do um, as well, it, and there's a financial uh, component as well. Tell us a little bit about your farm and what you guys do there. Yeah, uh, we, we're actually celebrating our centennial this year, so we've been farming for 100 years on this yard site, and I'm the third generation uh, that has the honor or privilege to be able to, to work the land here. Um, Kate and I uh, managed a purebred cattle operation, uh, so we manage about 500 purebred cows as well as 100 commercial cows, um, and then we host two annual sales each year. Um, there's other, two other uh, divisions in the farm. There's the honeybee section that my oldest brother Ian manages, and then Adam is on the grain side of the farm and, uh, as well as Jeff. Overall, what, uh, what kind of year was it for you? I know you have a number, like you mentioned, a number of different uh, operations, but um, t- uh, talk a little bit about this year and the drought and the impact on, on your operation. Yeah, there's no doubt 2021 uh, will be glad when it's over. Um, with the drought, it did affect all sectors of our farm, uh, of course, this year. So it, 
it challenged us in all sorts of different ways. Uh, we had to learn how to pivot and and uh, look for different resources to feed the cattle and, and to look at uh, keeping the bees nice and healthy, and then as well as uh, growing our crops. Uh, it's something we're not used to being dry, and in our generation, I know my parents have talked about it from uh, the past, but the drought has definitely challenged us, there's no doubt. I know we've uh, talked in the past, and something you talked about was just kind of moving more more online. Is that something that's progressed over the past year? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, with our with our purebred sales, uh, we and the lack of being able to have people come from across Canada to, to come to our sales, we had to be able to uh, broadcast and live stream our sales to allow everybody to pr- participate in the sale that wanted to. Um, it's something we've actually moved to just about 10 years ago, um, but and thank goodness we did because uh, when COVID, of course, happened and shut us down, we were able to uh, really expand on that resource that we already had uh, to to get these cattle sold. Um, it's it's something that, uh, uh, you know, we probably didn't see it ever coming to be that much of a necessity to be able to, to sell these purebred livestock, but uh, we're sure glad we made the shift. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the history of the farm. You mentioned uh, 100 years, you know, just to kind of take us back to how it uh, got started. Yeah, it, it, so my grandpa uh, came up in, from the Morden area and started farming up here, um, at that time, it was actually a cream quota that he had, and he milked uh, milking shorthorns, and that's way back in the day. And when Dad took over, he thought, why does he want to do that anymore? So he sold them all and started with uh, five or six purebred cows in 1973. So, um, And then we've taken that uh, size of the farm and expanded up to that 500 purebred cows. So the yard has changed immensely. Um, the whole idea and the scope of... of, of um, the scale of the farm has changed quite a bit as the generations have, have went forward. And then when all the brothers uh, came back and decided to farm together, we, uh, we did have to lo- look at different diversifications to be able to grow the farm so that we could sustain all the families. Uh, so that's where the honeybee operation uh, came in, as well as expanding the grain site. Any final thoughts on, on the event coming up? Or? Uh, yeah, it's just an honour to be able to go and represent Manitoba and just highlight the importance of agriculture uh, in Canada. And it's one of the um, events that where we can get together and celebrate it and, and share our stories. That was Andre Stepler. Andre and Katie will be part of Canada's Outstanding Young Farmers virtual national event taking place December 2nd to the 3rd. They operate Stepler Farms in Miami, Manitoba. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Canola Growers holds an election every two years, seeking members to stand for the Board of Directors. Four positions are up for election in 2021, each holding a four-year term. Current Director Jack Fraze talked about the duties involved. Initially, there's uh, probably three board meetings annually, and then there's uh, two to three video calls annually with, uh, with the board. There's the annual general meeting, which uh, is usually held at Clops here in, in Winnipeg. Participation in, uh, in two committees with roughly four video calls uh, during the year. And then uh, there's uh, opportunities for engagement, uh, depending on the level of the, how involved you want to get. There's lots of opportunity. You can be at the forefront of affecting change in the canola and uh, also the ag industry. The nomination deadline is November 30th. 
And Canada's acting chief plant health officer, David Bailey, has announced measures to prevent the spread of potato wart from Prince Edward Island. Last month, the CFIA confirmed the presence of potato wart on two different PEI farms. Bailey commented on the new measures. On November 2nd, 2021, the CFIA suspended the movement of seed potatoes from PEI to the United States. As of November 21st, a ministerial order was put in place restricting the movement of seed potatoes from PEI both internationally and domestically and introducing new risk mitigation measures for PEI table stock and processing potatoes. In addition to the measures being put in place under the ministerial order, the CFIA is suspending the certification of fresh PEI potatoes to the United States at their request. This does not apply to processed potatoes such as frozen products. Potato wart was first detected in PEI in 2000. Potato wart does not pose a threat to human health or food safety, but is known to decrease yield on farms. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on the BC flooding situation. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.